Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. You ready? Ready. (laughs) Well... Welcome to Shameless, the celebrity and pop culture podcast that goes deep on the dumb stuff. Hosted by Melbourne journalists Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews. We're just two journos quite partial to the world of fame who probably slash definitely need new hobbies. No, definitely. Coming up on today's episode, this week was Melbourne Fashion Week. So is it just a big wank fest or is there merit to the madness? Plus, we go deep on the saga surrounding Ryan Seacrest and discuss the changing faces of our bright young stars. Is their plastic surgery any of our business? But first, Mish, how's your week been? Uh, we actually spent almost all of it together. <laughs> we were Not how I would choose my week. It's fine. It's fine. So on Monday, we were at the opening night of VAMP, which I only learned on the night of VAMP that it is a different thing to Melbourne Fashion well, Week. Well, I just called it Melbourne Fashion Week. But I think like colloquially it's known as Melbourne Fashion Week, but there, there is VAMP and then there's Melbourne Fashion Week. I am a fashion rookie slash noob and I had absolutely no idea that there were two different events for fashion there's a million events for fashion but let's go on yes i get it you're a fashion journalist i'm not at all i've gone i've covered our van for like a year and a half and i'm (laughs) pretending to know all about it so we went to vamp with our little slr camera Mm -hmm. and our not great clothes i mean i just chucked on a red jumper and a skirt you looked lovely i love how you talked on behalf of both of us you looked lovely but i don't know a freaking thing about fashion so how did you find it then as someone who hasn't been to one of these events coming in with totally fresh eyes i loved it i loved it so hard i know oh, <laughs> i hate that you hate it when i say i love things hard but that's fine um i think it's lame i Really enjoyed it. I think it's the type of thing that if you enjoy people watching, if you like going to a cafe in Brunswick or in some wanky area and watching people, going to Fashion Week or Vamp is your type of thing. It's very shiny. It's, it's as shiny as you would think. It's it's like it sounds silly to say it's very appearance based, but it is entirely appearance based. It's like you're walking through Instagram. Exactly. It's almost like Instagram in real is time. the world. And you're walking through it and everyone is taking selfies and everyone is walking like they're a catwalk model and there's Instagram models 
everywhere. Well, it's like you, it's like the minute you walk in and pick up your ticket, you have a license to be a little bit of a narcissist. When I found this, because I'm not very um, selfie inclined, Mm. mainly just because I'm bad at them. And when we walked in there, I had no issue whipping out my phone in any good lighting because nobody looks at you. Nobody looks twice when you're taking incessant photos of yourself. Every five, 10 minutes, you'd whip out your phone and be like, selfie <laughs> so i was looking around and everybody else was doing it but far worse so and, I then, was like, yeah. and then we left vamp and you didn't post a single selfie that's fine no but it just felt like a safe space to try what um did really grab me was when we were in a tent they have these specialist tents and i kind of well, i think it was called the runway tent a specialist tent well it was just a bar but it was yeah, a bar sure. you got free i don't know i'm not a fashion person i'm not um we were in the runway bar where you get free drinks and food but all the food going around was kind of like a leaf tied together <laughs> with a toothpick and a drop of sauce in the middle. That's very true. It's they model they, food. <laughs> yeah, they also had noodles though going around. I, saw, I didn't see the noodles. I saw the saucy leaves. I didn't see. I also saw the saucy leaves. <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, um, the not, actual show though, I yeah. actually really enjoyed. The fashion or the spectacle of it? All of it. I saw ex-Bachelor contestants. Uh, stylists that I follow. People I follow on Instagram were everywhere. Nadia Bartel looked mm. amazing. You feel like an idiot in those things because it's like, I know so much more about your life than you know about mine. Oh, it's embarrassing, but that's fine. That's how I just live my life now. Um, I really enjoyed the David Jones show. I loved all the fashion. Not that I know anything about it, but one thing that did really grab me still is that it's 2018 and some of the girls on that catwalk were the skinniest women I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not talking slim. Uh, Jessica Gomes opened David Jones and closed David Jones and she is gorgeous and stunning and she is slim. Some of the girls on that catwalk had arms, biceps the size of my wrists. I mean, we work in the media, so the idea of skinny models and Photoshop and all of those kinds of things aren't new. So why were you surprised on the catwalk that the models were different? Have you just heard that people are trying to change it and you assumed it would be different on the catwalk? I think I believed that we got to a point or uh, designers and fashion businesses got to a point where they started saying no to people who looked unhealthy. And I totally understand people on that catwalk they really did go for diversity there were bigger models um i'm not gonna use the word plus size because i know that's not really generally accepted they also like weren't plus size they, they were just normal size. women they were probably yeah. size 12 yeah exactly um but compared to these really skinny probably size four women it looked like diversity i was just shocked i was watching that runway thinking in my head how does that woman get to that size well, and she might, it might industry, be natural. Hey? I'm not saying. It's no, uh, I think it's women, tricky. women are clever. I think we can, we can look at proportions and things like that because we are, we look at our own bodies and know mm. what proportion looks like. I found it really interesting that you found this catwalk particularly skinny because the David Jones catwalk was the best catwalk I have seen in a very long time for size. So David Jones had, um, two older models sort of around the sixties mm. and two, like we said, fuller models who looked more like, you know, you or I. And when you, when I went to a few shows after the David Jones show later in the week at VAMP, that was totally non-existent. It was just back to the really skinny size six model yeah. all through the show. And I think that's because there's more of an onus on a big brand like David Jones to put out an image to be where they are doing 
trying to be inclusive a little bit. But I'd said to you as we're walking out of the show, it was really great that they had those models, those four different models. But I found it really interesting the way that they brought the models out. They were always brought out in a clump. So the older models came out together, the fuller models came out together. And it felt to me like they were trying to prove a point and trying to clump them together to make sure they weren't sprinkled among the show. So it wasn't like a normal part of it being a show. Like it it felt to me like they were trying to prove a point. Yeah. And it's kind of tricky because you do sit there and we were watching it going, oh, how amazing. They've got 60-year-olds on this catwalk. But I do get when they're walking out together, your eyes are more immediately drawn to both of them. Yeah. So I I thought it was very deliberate. But in saying that, David Jones, like I said, was the best catwalk I had seen all week. Yeah, same. So what is that? I wasn't there, but looking on social media at the other runways, there's yeah, I completely agree. A complete lack of diversity on other runways, even beyond body size and age, but even race and all the other things that can come into it. That said, I really loved Vamp. I had the best time ever. If you are listening to this and you love a bit of people watching and you love a little sprinkle of fashion, I would recommend buying a ticket because it was a really interesting night. I've never had and I've never been to an event like that in my life and it was fun. Now, Mish, it's time for the quick and dirty. Each week, we will give you five stories you may have missed from the rough and tumble of the celebrity news cycle. Let's do it. Paris Jackson has pleaded with fans to stop changing her skin color on social media. I appreciate everything you'll make for me. I enjoy every single edit I see, but please stop lightening my skin to make me look more white. She tweeted to her 1.36 million Twitter followers. Please stop darkening my skin to make me look more mixed. I am what I am. I'm aware of what I look like and I'm finally happy with it. Millions of women have felt their ovaries explode after Chris Hemsworth shared photos of him surfing with his tiny daughter. The Thor actor was on a camping trip with Elsa Pataki and their three children around coastal Australia this week and the photos are something else. People just need to hop over onto his Instagram page and feel their lady organs hyperventilate. Kate Middleton's unusual fingers are making news this week, with the good people at the Daily Mail reporting the Duchess of Cambridge's index, middle and ring finger are all identical in length. The paparazzi photos, which were taken while the royal visited a primary school in Oxford, show the Duchess holding a clutch. The soon-to-be mother of three's fingers are trending on Twitter. Jessica Rowe has quit her co-hosting role on Studio 10, announcing live on Friday that she wants to spend more time with her young children. I want to be a more present mother for my girls, Allegra and Giselle, she said. They need their mum. I want to be there in the mornings for them. I want to take them to school. It is something that I need to do. It's as simple as that. The US Bachelor has made headlines after he proposed to two women in the space of about 24 hours. Ari, The Bachelor, broke up with fiancé Becca on national television before following that up with a proposal to runner-up Lauren. What a charmer. So that was The Quick and Dirty this week. Thanks, Mish. I'm sorry, daytime television. I'm sorry for the realness. (laughs) This week's Ryan Seacrest, the much-loved TV personality from the U.S., and the host or the former host or the current host, actually, He's back. I, back. Think, I, think, <laughs> I think he is, of American Idol has dominated the news cycle after a former stylist accused him of sexual harassment. 
The story has floated around for a few months after she lodged the complaints last year and an internal investigation cleared Seacrest of any wrongdoing. But the story itself has taken a particularly sharp turn this week, Mish, because of the Oscars. Almost every major celebrity avoided being interviewed by by Seacrest on the red carpet and his ratings nosedived as a result. So do we think that this is the end of one of, you know, Hollywood's biggest heavyweights or do you think perhaps he's going to come away from this pretty unscathed? I'm going to be honest and this might rub people the wrong way. I hope it is not the end of his reign over Hollywood simply because I think we're running into murky territory when we start ending the careers of men on allegations that were thrown out. Um, Just to give some backstory, the woman who accused Seacrest of sexual harassment, her name is Susie Hardy. She's a single mother and says that when she was offered the job of being his stylist, she was really struggling. So came on to work with him. And basically from the moment she worked with him, his assistant was telling her that he liked her, had an interest in her. He would invite, she says, he would invite her over um, to his house alone, that he would try and hug her in his underwear, that he would uh, grab her vagina, that he would rub his erection up on her, that at one point he pinned her down to a bed. These allegations were she says, backed up by a few sources and a few people who she worked with at the time and also friends who can corroborate that they that she did complain to them when all this stuff, she says, was going on. She went to these people. I think it was between 2009 and 2011 was when a lot of this happened. Susie lost her job, she says, after HR caught wind of what was going on and thought there might have been a personal romantic relationship between the two. And when she spoke to HR and said, actually, he's been really sexually aggressive towards me, she lost her job two weeks later. So there's a lot to this story. It's really meaty. She's got a wealth of detail about what she says happened and there are women who back up her claims who worked alongside her and saw they say inappropriate behavior take place however he also hired an independent lawyer so they had someone come in to look at the whole situation who wasn't from the company and analyzed everything it took them a few months and he basically came back and said, actually, I don't see any wrongdoing. I think there's no base for these claims. At least we can't prove them to be true. So I guess my main concern comes from us trashing Ryan Seacrest and him losing his job when we are not a jury. We are not in charge of E. We are not in charge of the legal process and we cannot start firing men and chastising men when there is no claims that have been proven to be true. I'm not saying they're not true. I'm saying we need to trust processes to be able to out these men. Well, I agree in the sense that we should trust process. My issue was with this process in particular. Mm. So process, the legal process, almost always I trust the legal process with 100% because these people know what they're doing. When it comes to internal investigations, this is where this case gets very murky. I think what what really grabbed me when I deep dived this a little bit is how specific Susie Hardy's details Mm. of the misconduct is. 
And I think before I really got into the story, it wasn't, the story itself wasn't grabbing me. I think I had a little bit of me too fatigue, like a lot of people do. I think stories are much harder to get into when they're more confusing. I think at the very start when the Me Too sort of movement began after the Weinstein and the Brett Ratners and things like that, the stories were quite convincing because there was upwards of 10 women on the record willing to talk about these men. And that's much easier for us to consider, well, we've got he said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said. And you think, well, the most logical part of me thinks right now and the most rational part of me thinks right now this probably happened. When you've got he said – he said, she said, this is where we all get very confused and we don't know what to do. So most of these stories, when it's just him versus her, are largely getting ignored at the moment because none of us know what the fuck to think. Yeah. And I think this one in particular, this is how I felt. I thought it's very hard for me to consider him guilty of this when nobody else is coming forward because that's sort of the basis in which I assumed guilt before now. Um, but when you actually do get into this and read the very, very specific allegations of misconduct she has against Seacrest, it becomes very convincing. I I think there are a few reports around, um, you know, when these allegations first came to light about her, Seacrest's people saying that she was asking and demanding $15 million or else she was going public. And I really despise that report because – Seacrest and his people have never been able to prove in writing or anything that demand. Yeah, Variety asked for proof that she ever asked for that or her legal team ever asked for that and they returned nothing. So you could say that was a baseless claim or... A totally baseless claim to ruin her reputation publicly, to make her look like a money-hungry single mother. Mm. And that, at the start really irked me because I think that painted an entire picture of how they were going to run this investigation by totally destroying her reputation. Which is what they always do. And while I say I don't think he should lose his job yet, uh, I think it is Sandra Bullock's, Viola Davis, Jennifer Garner, Margot Robbie, it is their right to walk past him at red carpets and not give him the best interviews. They all walked past him. And as a result, Ryan Seacrest's ratings fell by 43% amongst millennials and Mm. 35% overall compared to what they were last year. So I'm not saying... We better have a disclaimer there though that... Oscar ratings as a as a whole were down this year by about 18%, mm. but 43% is a marginal oh, dig. Massive, yeah. especially between young people, which is E's target audience. I So while I don't think he should be sacked yet because nothing has been, uh, I guess, solidified from this, I do think it is great that the women on those red carpets are banding together and saying, we think there's legitimacy to these claims and we're not going to support you we're not going to give you an interview and we're not going to give you ratings no and I think that's the only power that people have and I think when when there was a lot of conversation around the golden globes and the me too movement when a lot of the actresses were wearing black and some people found it quite tokenistic or very a very shiny way of talking about sexual harassment I think we do undersell how much power this industry has and these women have in doing things like this. Like Ryan Seacrest's ratings start falling. Well, then what What do E do with him now? Mm. Um, well, you know what? What really shit me about this whole thing is that E still put Ryan Seacrest on that red carpet when they had plenty of other female presenters 
but they didn't put them on the red carpet. Okay, well, this gets me back to eat, which is what I wanted to talk about as well. Let, going back to the investigation, the investigation was an external investigation. He chose who was running the investigation, and this is what I find very murky. Ryan Seacrest isn't just the biggest TV presenter in the country. He is often more famous than the people that he is actually interviewing. Yes. He is the network's biggest star. He is, he's, he's, I guess he's kind of like your Rove McManus. Can I read you a quote? This is a quote from Ryan Seacrest. I've got three radio shows, American Idol, Red Carpets for E, The Production Company, Hosting New Year's Eve, The Clothing Line, The Ryan Seacrest Foundation. So nine, close to 10. That's when someone was asking him how many jobs he had. Um, and that was in, to be fair, that's from 2015. But I think that goes to show how much, how many fingers in how many pies he has. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's very hard for E to drop their biggest star. He has a huge hand in the Keeping Up with Kardashians in producing that show. Um, so as, as, as an organization, they rely very heavily on Ryan Seacrest. So it is all well and good for us to say E hired an external person to come in here and run this investigation. How do we know how they were worded up? And this is one of the huge complications with sexual harassment. It's so hard to prove. It is always someone's word against another person. And unless we have multiple people come forward, it's so difficult to have anything done. Because how are you going to prove sexual harassment? How is Susie Hardy going to convince a lawyer that, yes, Ryan Seacrest grabbed my vagina when we're in a room? Well, this is what I find also interesting, is that she gave the external investigators the numbers of her sources, of, of her witnesses, and she says, and now I don't know what the investigators say, but she says they weren't interviewed. Mm. And I found a lot of, I just found it not, whether or not Seacrest did, it is another thing, but I just found this investigation not very convincing at all. It's tricky to trust E, given their track record with not paying women the same as men, with not giving Juliana Rancic that red carpet spot when she's been with the network for probably a decade. Uh, it, she was anchoring their coverage though. She was at the hotel. She wasn't yeah. on the red carpet. I would say the more prestigious posi position in that instance is the one they gave Ryan Seacrest. And I think that was a huge mistake because Margot Robbie and Jennifer Garner would not have walked past Juliana Rancic. Well, I'm glad they did it because it's a really good tester. But I think when you say they have track record of not paying women, I mean, last year was when their E! News co-host Kat Sadler quit because she was she found out she wasn't being paid the same as her male counterpart. So E! News haven't had a very good run. Vanity Fair were, made a really um, curious comment on their coverage of the Oscars. And they said that Ryan Seacrest had a minimal muted presence at the Oscars, which I thought was a really beautiful way of putting it because he clearly is perhaps losing his sense of relevance in the, in the industry because of this. Absolutely. It will be really interesting to see what happens with Ryan Seacrest over the next 12 months. I think if actresses and singers and celebrities band together and refuse to give him interviews, they might have to swap him out for someone else. So then this is what confuses me about your line of thought, is that you said he shouldn't be losing his job here when nothing has been proven. But if these celebrities, these high-powered celebrities, have the power to eventually make him lose the jo his job, what's the difference? I think you are allowed as a woman to say, this is an allegation against you. They might know the stylist. They might know Susie Hardy. It is your right to not give an interview. I agree with so you. So I'm, I'm saying that it would be wrong of E to sack someone when an allegation hasn't been proven, but it is a celebrity's right to give an interview to someone 
that they want to give an interview to so, and to walk past Ryan Seacrest. So then as devil's ad- advocate, what's the difference between his lo- – what I'm asking is what's the difference between him losing his job with E and him eventually losing his job with E because of these celebrities? I don't think he will lose his job with E. No, I, think I don't think so I think that would be a massive exaggeration. He's got, as you said – fingers in a million pies. I think it will be that he's taken off red carpets. He's not going to lose his job with E. He will have a different role and that won't include interviewing young women on red carpets anymore. No, and I don't think, well, it's only, I think, unless other other women come forward with stories like these. I think perhaps if there were stories, they would have come out already. Either that or they're seeing how Susie Hardy is being treated and thought, no, thank you. Oh, it would be terrifying. It's only, I think, when you have multiple allegations that a position becomes untenable. And Up he until will, now, Ryan Seacrest will be all over the US. He will news. be all over the US and he will be fine. Even if they take him off the red carpets, he has a glittering career anyway. Oh, and piles of money. Just keep him warm Absolutely and I. Absolutely piles of money. I am all for the celebrities taking their power back. And if they don't want to give him interviews, don't give Ryan Seacrest interviews. Hey, guys. I feel like this year is really about like the year of just realizing stuff and everyone around me, we're all just like realizing things. 2016, looking good. If you've been watching Married at First Sight recently or simply have an Instagram account, you might've noticed that women in their twenties are dabbling in plastic surgery now more than ever. The rise of selfie surgery is penciled down as the doing of Kylie Jenner, but she's not the only celebrity in her twenties who has surgically altered her face. Victoria's Secret model Bella Hadid is rumoured to have undergone cosmetic procedures, including a nose job and filler. Zara, what do you think of our brightest, youngest stars changing their faces? What do I think about it? I think they can do whatever they want. What do you think about the implications of it? Well, I think there's two separate issues here. Firstly, the the first issue is can we talk about it? The second is do they have to acknowledge it? Mm. Um, this is very feels like dirty territory almost when you when you go and talk about these things. It probably shouldn't be. We talk about people getting haircuts. Um, so I think when we talk about plastic surgery, I don't know what it is, but we get very uncomfortable talking about it. I'm uncomfortable talking about it right now, but you're making me do it because you're desperately <laughs> interested in talking about. I love talking about plastic surgery. No, I know. But I there's something that feels – it feels like we're talking about money. You know when you, do, you don't talk about salary, you don't talk about – I avoid conversations like that, like the plague. So I will never comment on plastic surgery. Um, I don't think I'm that. And then there's me, who's the nosiest um, person in the entire world. I was going to say it's not that I that I care. I am very interested, but I'm. I think it's like what I do in the the privacy of my own home, thinking and talking about these things. What I think is, I don't think we can say that we can't talk about it. I think I'm finding new ground in that we have to be able to talk about these things. I don't expect these young bright stars to have to acknowledge it publicly. I think it is everyone's right to get plastic surgery. I will start this I will start my point by saying that I know many women, some of them who are extremely close to me, who have not only had plastic surgery on their face, but on their body. One of my best friends in the world had a breast augmentation and it was the best decision mm. she has made for herself. Mm. Same with my other friends who have had lip filler and cheek filler and Botox. They are completely positive about that decision. They really love the fact that they did that. There is absolutely no regret there. And 
If I'm honest, I see myself as someone in the future who would dabble in cosmetic procedures. I It sounds ridiculous, but I'm 23 and I'm already thinking, God, those lines in my head are annoying. I wonder if I should get Botox there or I wonder if I should get filler there or whatever the hell you use. I don't know. But I look at myself sometimes and think I wouldn't mind tweaking that. However, I do think we have forgotten what the average woman looks like. I think we have forgotten what the average lips look like, what the average forehead looks like. And I do think the onus is on someone like Bella Hadid, who if you go and look at photos of her four years ago compared to now, her face is different. Her nose is different. Her The space between her eyes is different. And I think it is up to women to own it and be like, yeah, I tweaked my face. I did this. This is not how the average person looks. This is not natural. This is something that is surgically enhanced and I'm owning that. Why does Bella Hadid at 20 years old have the responsibility of an entire female generation who might feel insecure about their face? Why, why, like what, at what point did she walk into the world and say, I just signed my contract to be a spokesperson for everybody else to make other people feel better about themselves? Well, I think it's not so much about making other people feel better. I feel like it's not taking part in a culture that makes women feel worse same question then why why does she have to do it because she's in the public eye i don't think she needs to come out and list everything that she has ever done but there are so many celebrities out there who have owned it iggy azalea came out in 2016 and said yes i got a nose job i got a boob job things like that are helpful they are helpful to women i'm not saying that i'm going but then does it normalize plastic sorry i've just interrupted your train of thought but i understand the idea of being really open about it and being and owning it, but then does it normalize the idea of plastic surgery on the on the flip side? I think probably that, that train's already gone. Yeah, it's left no, the station I know. Yeah, in probably two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Plastic surgery is normalized. Women everywhere are changing their faces. As young as Kylie Jenner, I mean, she was doing it at probably sixteen, seventeen, and it's normalized. It's out there. It's happening. The worst thing we can do is gaslight women into thinking that this is what people look like now. This is just naturally, they just suddenly have the plumpest lips in the world. They suddenly don't have a wrinkle on their face. Everyone suddenly has perfect tits. That's gaslighting women by saying, oh, no, it's natural. I'm not going to answer questions as to whether this is fake or whether this is something I paid for. That's not fair to everyone else because then we enter a society, which we've probably already done, let's be real, where young women grow up thinking they are wrong. That why haven't I got the plumpest lips in the world? Why haven't I got a perfectly straight nose? It's not, I'm not going to hate on Bella Hadid. I'm not going to hate on Kylie Jenner. Mind you, Kylie Jenner's already acknowledged that she got lip filler. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. However, I think if you're questioned about it, you should be honest. People like Kaylee Cuoco were honest when she said, yes, years ago I had my nose done and my boobs. Best thing I ever did. I don't know. I mean, I did a bit of digging on Bella Hadid. I can't find an instance where she's actually been asked yet. Um, I didn't, I haven't read every line of the internet, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, So I will will put my hand up and say, I could be wrong. Um, Okay. This is, I agree with you. We lived in a utopia. Models would put their hands up and say, yep, actually I had that nose done. I had that done. I'm beautiful, but not just this natural. I think it's a big ask to 
not necessarily expect, but want them to do that because it is never going to happen. Like we're never going to live in a world where every single woman who's had plastic surgery in the public eye will come out and be public about it. So my next, and I know, I know that that's what not, that's not what you would necessarily expect, but I think that's a great idea. I would love that desperately, but then I think, well, that's not going to happen. So what's our plan B? Our plan B unfortunately is on us. And that's our plan B being when we're scrolling through Instagram or when we're flipping through magazines, it is on us to look at that and say 99% chance that's not real. 99% chance that those lips aren't real, that that nose isn't real, that that's been photoshopped within an inch of its life. That's covered in a filter that I'm not seeing the real picture here. I really think, and I know that's a hard message for young girls to hear, but I do really think that that's how they need to be consuming media from now on because the world is not going to change. I guess it also boils down to where you see the distinction between sticking tiny pieces of hair to your eyes, which I've done that before. I've had eyelash extensions before. What the the fuck does that mean? (laughs) No, but literally having bits of hair glued to your lashes Mm. and then getting that redone every three weeks. Is there really much of a distinction between that and getting your lips plumped up with a bit of filler? Well, I said this um, at work the other day. I said something like, oh, I don't really know what the difference is between Botox and makeup anyway. And everybody turned around at me. And I think I thought straight away, I think that was a pretty silly outlandish statement to make. But I think the idea is there. We're taught from a really young age to change the way that we look because our natural appearance isn't enough. So why would plastic surgery not be the next natural step? I've just realized I'm sitting across from someone who has almost had a cosmetic procedure. What have I had? You've had your eyebrows tattooed. Hmm. I would say that is much closer. <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah, but okay, for one, I'm bad at eyebrows anyway. This <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think that's closer to having a tattoo than a cosmetic procedure. I think it would be very similar. Um, yeah, but, but you're 100% right. It's like I have altered my face with something permanent in order to, to make me feel more beautiful. Yeah, and For the record, stuff- I did it for a story <laughs> um, for the sake of content. Um, but you're, to- you're 100% right. I think uh, I know it's a utopia that everyone would come forward and say, yeah, I got this done. But I think we do need to encourage women just to be honest. I'm as someone who sees herself in the future getting, I can honestly see see yourself. Have you always, this is what I wonder. Have you always seen yourself from a very young age being getting to a point where you're going to have it or is it only recently? I don't think I ever considered it before I reached my twenties really. Uh, I don't see much of a difference between getting eyelash extensions, getting your eyebrows tattooed on and getting a bit of Botox. I don't see the difference. The difference is, as I said, not gaslighting women. And uh, I am a person who sees myself when I reach my thirties, forties, fifties, experimenting playing around with a bit of it i mean okay i have have, i have reached my thought about this there is (laughs) i have arrived at what i think it takes me about you know (laughs) six or seven minutes um i think there is a difference between exaggerating a certain feature and changing it entirely so we talk about eyelash extensions let's exaggerate what's already there lips let's exaggerate well i would say that's actually you're still (laughs) changing the basis of what they look like and i know you're going to say eyelashes are far less in your face and you can still also take them out Mm. very quickly and after three weeks you can decide that that's not what you want anymore or you can lose all your eyelashes which happened to me but that's another didn't you pull them out or something no let's not talk about it it's still traumatic no i actually Um, want to know i got so many eye infections oh that's disgusting while i had 
uh, you're disgusting. lash extensions and I had glandular fever and it was just a mess. Let's not even, I had to Did go to you the get hospital. to the point where there was like heaps of gaps between them? Can we not even, like I had no eyelashes for oh, like little, a month. Little blunt little stubs. Stumps. <laughs> and I can't even, it's okay. making me feel sweaty just talking about Onwards. It. I, I know that that is not a hard and fast rule, exaggerating and changing it in entirely. But if you're doing something that's going to last between 18 months and two years, like my eyebrow tattoos, I'm just starting to realize. Um, then I think that that's where we get to a point where that's actually changing the nature of your face. Yeah. I am concerned that people as young as 20 are feeling like they're not good enough i mean for kylie Jenner, but that's not a new thing i'm sorry to have interrupted you with such impassioned of course but to get plastic surgery on your face a huge decision i mean we decided that 18 is the decision is the age that you can start making adult choices but it's quite concerning that someone can be so young and so gorgeous and so natural and at 18 make a decision that will change the way they look for the rest of their life. It is a massive decision beyond tattoos that can be removed, beyond lip filler, beyond eyelash extensions, eyebrow tattoos, to physically change the shape of your nose and your body is a huge decision to make. I think we it is tricky when we talk about really young women I mean, we're both 23. I would be comfortable in making a decision like that now. I would not trust 18-year-old Michelle. If I had the money at my disposal at 18. Really? Oh, absolutely. You would have done it? Absolutely. And I think a lot of... I think a lot of people listening to this might be the same. Were you on social media much at 18? Absolutely. I, I wasn't. It might even be a vanity thing. Uh, I wonder I did what a narcissist is. test a few weeks ago and I got... You uh, didn't get that high. I got moderate on on vanity. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go into... I got a two. A, two, a point of two. What's that mean? But you got zero. Well, it basically, for anyone listening, if you want to do a narcissism test, you can type it into Google and at the end it will make a chart based on different attributes like assertiveness, exhibitionism, uh, exploitativeness and vanity and all this other stuff. And vanity, I was slightly higher than you were. So maybe it's a vanity thing. Maybe Perhaps. I look at my face and... I also wonder, I think my perception of plastic surgery has changed once I've joined this industry a lot because you look around and you think, oh, fuck, nobody doesn't have something in their face. Um, I think it's also changed the more I'm on social media. I wasn't on social media that much at 18. Instagram had just sort of... When I when I turned 18, I had an Instagram account, but I didn't realize it was something that was public. I thought it was an editing tool. See, I was a so, Tumblr girl, so see, I grew so, up on well, Tumblr. Well, I used to edit all my photos and upload them, stupid practice <laughs> photos. And then at, at one point when Instagram suddenly boomed, people started following me on Instagram and I thought this was just a private collection of my filtered photos. Um, You're not the best at social media sometimes. No, I don't think that I am. And I think that, that there's a few things that make a big difference. And I, it's only when I've got to this point of my life that I realised how normal it was. I think I was in a bubble for a very long time. I think as well it has boomed recently um with the rise of the influencer the, yeah the, the free the i think i think that people getting given free procedures as influencers young teenagers has made a huge boom oh absolutely even uh veneers on your teeth stuff mm. like that has absolutely boomed Is that cosmetic, cosmetic surgery i would say that's a procedure yeah it's it's quite invasive surely it's in your mouth um so sure. i don't know where to land on this i mean yeah we asked are at we the beginning to? What, what are the implications of our brightest stars changing their faces? I think the implications are that what we think is a normal face has changed. We look at the women around us and it is worrying that we forget what a 
natural, typical face looks like. And I think the only way to circumvent that is to just encourage women to be honest. If I ever do anything to my face or my body, if I was to ever get a boob job, which I don't think I will, but who knows. Is that just where you're saying your boobs are perfect? No, it's just a way of saying they're not my <laughs> biggest. Not, you know what I would get? What? I would get, um, <laughs> you're going to hate me, liposuction on my armpits. Oh, that is bullshit. It's what Chrissy Teigen got and she regrets it, but hey, I wouldn't mind getting it. I desperately want to change the subject. Or I'd get, yeah, I'm not going to even go into yeah, all the things not. I'd get. Um, I, I just think it's honesty that is the best policy. Uh, I can see myself getting plastic surgery in the future or dabbling in procedures. And I would hope, and I will hold myself to this, that I would always be completely honest. The problem is when women get it and it's a secret. I agree with you to a point. I'm still... <laughs> point. But I'm going to say the onus is still on us to look around and consider that probably nothing's real. Um, I don't think we're going to get to a point where women feel encouraged to admit it because they're still ashamed for it from time to time. So I think that's it's going to be really difficult. I think we need to be – I think the, the biggest solution to this kind of conversation is being able to have the conversation. I think when I said at the start I feel very dirty talking about this is probably one of the most dangerous attitudes at all. We need to be able to have smart, nuanced conversations about plastic surgery without pointing the finger in a really nasty way and using names, but saying it is all around us and it's up to us with how we consume the media. It's up to us with how we consume our social media feeds to, you know, what's... Take a step back yeah, and really it, consider it. Exactly. And I don't think that this needs to be a conversation that's free of judgment. Uh, it needs to be something that we just talk about as women to each other and we just be honest, just be truthful about how you're feeling and what you want to do. And from there, we can really make a change, I guess, and really start to realize that it's fine if you want to do something to your face, but it does have broader social implications. implications, really. I think that's all we have time for. I know I'm sick of my voice and a little bit of yours, so I think we can get out of here. Oh, and it's only episode one. Good luck. Gotcha. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode. You can subscribe to the show in your podcast feed. We are a tiny little independent podcast, so would really love for you to help other people find our show. Also, just give us a five-star review. You can do that too. You can take part in the conversation by joining our Facebook group. Search for Shameless Celebrity Gossip on Facebook and be our friend. You got there. Bit of a tongue twister. (laughs) It actually is a huge tongue twister. (laughs) Lucky you are typing it, not talking it. You can also email us your thoughts. Our email is shamelessthepodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter. We are the herpes of the internet. We are everywhere. What a lovely image. Thanks so much, guys. We will see you next Monday. We'll be in your ears then. Bye. Bye. Hello, guys. Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly, style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. 
there is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.